how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Like many costume designers, Claire Anderson got her start in theater. After experiencing creative exhaustion on a film, she fell in love with the industry and actually bumped into someone who offered her work at the BBC. Fast forward and now Anderson has worked on two projects from Neil Gaiman books. Both American Gods and Good Omens are interesting genre pieces where the audience expects a great deal from the production. In the latest series, Amazon takes on Good Omens, where audiences are invited to see Michael Sheen, David Tennant, John Hamm, and Francis McDormand in a tale of comedic Armageddon angels and demons and 11-year-old Antichrist. In this interview, Anderson discusses her start in the industry, how to dress over 380 speaking characters, creating wardrobes from a good script, making outfits stylish and comfortable, and the importance of rest between creative pursuits. This is your first time listening. Make sure to make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. I did a BA. My undergraduate was in fashion textiles, and I specialized in printed textiles. I sold work through my degree before I graduated to Missoni, Dior, Yves Saint Laurent, and then. I went to work in the theatre. I went to do dyeing and breaking down and printing at the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. And I, I did the textile designing, flat pattern design for fashion on the side because I found that the theatre was more interesting. And so it was from there, really, working in the dye shop, putting mud on boots, blood on wounds, that I went off to work for um, a, another costume designer and, and went to work for him on a film in Ireland which I thought was the most exciting thing ever. I was mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted in a way that I didn't know that your job could creatively state you in that way. So I fell in love with the industry there. And I came and I'd, I'd gone out for a few drinks and I'd gone to collect my bike the following morning because I'd gone home in a taxi. And when I was wheeling my bike back, I stopped for breakfast at the Royal Festival Hall in London and I met... A man who I didn't know, but I sat. he sat at my table eating, and we were both reading the newspaper, and after a while we got chatting, and he was the producer of a drama for the BBC, and he offered me a job there and then. So I went to design 24 short films for the BBC, and that got used in the teen drama, and I just rolled from there. That was it. I had a massively lucky break, um, having... Having done a postgrad in Central St. Martins while I worked at, Covent, at the Opera House in Covent Garden, it's very lucky. So, if you, I mainly talk to writers and directors and some actors. 
When you're kind of starting out, what does your portfolio look like? Is it, is it sketches? Is it actual short films? How do you kind of approach people when you're looking to get into the business? Well, when you're looking to get into the business, you you write probably to, I didn't have an ordinary routine. I met a man in a cafe. He just thought I had enough cheek and verve. And I I understood semiotics, I suppose, to understand how to decode or present something to an to an audience on an actor. But I suppose if you're starting out, you you will approach designers whose work you admire or costume supervisors or costume hire companies and ask for a, a junior job or a trainee position and work your way up. And I suppose I did that by starting in the theatre. So I worked really closely with lots of very famous theatre designers and that transitioned perfectly, but particularly for a project like Good Omens. So let's talk a little bit about your some of your most recent work. You're working on Good Omens, American Gods, both the Neil Gaiman series, uh, as well as Black Mirror. How did you kind of get into into this world where it's a little bit more sci-fi and science fiction-like? What kind of led you into that direction? <laughs> well, I think um, I think it, it's what's written, and you when you first start, you're very often um, your your jobs that you are offered as a junior costume designer tend to be contemporary uh, because perhaps people are under the misconception that everyday clothes are easier to do. But I think that's not true. I think that everyday clothes are more difficult. But as time goes on, you you get a better choice of script. You're not. Um, I, I began with soap operas and. Um, and I was lucky I did human traffic very early in my career, actually, which was a great creative freedom and great fun. But I think you go along and you just you're attracted to scripts and writers, and you you've got a bit more you're a bit more stable financially. You can afford to hold out until the right job comes along, until you you get something you enjoy. And I particularly uh, uh, like Black Mirror. I thought that was really well written and clever. Um, and I think I like I love Neil Gaiman's writing for Good Omens, and that that was an easy uh, crossover to American Gods. So, yeah. What's uh, what's it like with some of these larger ones? I, I've talked to some other costume designers recently. Are are you actually speaking with the actors to get kind of an input? And then what's it like when you're kind of reading the script yourself or seeing those pages? How do you kind of come in differently than you might on like a smaller film? And a good script the characters come off the page and good actors read the same information as you and very often they they have a slightly different nuance on something which often can add tremendously to to what their their character needs to look like because I on Good Omens I had something like 380 speaking parts to deal with and that you know, in the broadest strokes, I've got assistants and an amazing assistant designer and a fantastic uh, costume supervisor and a fantastic crowd supervisor, all helping draw uh, visuals and images and um, research together. And, and then eventually the costumes come and you're still pulling and working and styling from those. But with David and Michael, the keyhole of Good Omens, you're very much... You read, you, you get a bunch of research together, you have some drawings, um, you have mood boards, and often mood boards and paintings and um, fashion photographers or street photographers 
particularly people like the Getty photographers or the Magnum photographers, are really good resources to draw upon because they're real people in real life that have um, a naturalness that appeals to actors. So fashion photography sometimes is a little too stylized, but there will be elements in, in those photographers as well. And so you begin a dialogue with each actor after you've discussed with the producer and director or the showrunner and the director the direction that you want to take the character in. But it was it, it's usually fairly fluid. I sometimes sometimes people are allergic. Jack Whitehall is allergic to or finds a very irritating prickly wool and we altered the neckline on something for him so that he was more comfortable. So usually it people have an idea about what they want and like but when they're um when they're further down the casting line they are joining the party and want to fit into the overall picture so they'll take a greater lead from me as the designer supported by the director and showrunner about their look and their visual identity and you you look after people who you know are not so great in woolly prickly jumpers you you make sure that they're comfortable you've always got that on your you have to have that on your side to look after people but with david and michael we had quite long dialogues about where their character would go and how i suppose that i knew that aziraphale would stay in the victorian era if not through the 1930s but he wouldn't be any more modern than that whereas crowley I thought when I first met him, I thought he might be more formally attired. But I think David wanted, could feel a looseness that he could bring with a more undone look in his costume. And that absolutely worked. And as soon as you start with dressing up, I suppose it really is, and moving around in the dressing room, you can see how things come together. And and you're, you're on the same page. You you've got the same end goal. You can see where things are going and you've got the production designer's imagery, you've got the showrunner's brief, you've got the script. So you know what you're doing and usually it melts into one happy union. I very rarely, particularly with American cast, they're very generous and very amenable. American gods, everyone was very delightful and charming. I don't think British cast are less charming, but I you don't have very much time in the state on big long shows, whereas we had quite a long time with David and Michael to develop their look and plenty of time with the tailors to manufacture their their garments because we needed duplicates, of course. How do you see, uh, specifically these Neil Gaiman stories, uh, do you see them as kind of, since they're genre pieces, more extreme with what they might wear, like more like kind of like a rock star type feel to most of the main characters? Well, um, David, as Crowley, has a slightly rock starry feel. Um, I think that uh, Neil writes his characters so that you, there is room for flamboyance, there's room for creative expression, and those people are more interesting to look at very often than than a more regularly dressed character. So I think there's room in Neil's work for that expression. So how do you kind of, when someone has that look to them, I, I always assume that rock stars aren't that comfortable, it seems like, with tight or leather clothes or whatever they're wearing. How do you kind of find that balance to where it looks visually stunning, but it's still comfortable for them to wear for 12 hours a day? Oh, well, that, that's what a good tailor brings to you, and that's what 
um, washing your fabric 20 times before you begin manufacture helps you with. And just, it is about when, um, very often we were building, building the cast wardrobe with items that we had collected eclectically from a wide range of sources, so from higher companies, and we would rack up a rail of stuff and sort of say, right, this feels right. Some of this is new. Some of these are pieces that we would have to copy because we've only got one of them, but some we can buy in multiples. And you you knew then as soon as somebody put something on, as soon as you've, you've watched somebody move around in something, you say... So those shoes are aren't that comfy, or you would want the armhole on that cut a little bit looser, or does that need to be a little bit lighter? Is that fabric too heavy? So you will, you want, and you also want to see what physicalities they want to have for what they. I suppose if somebody's very uptight and tailored, they need to be very neat and prim. And Adria, who plays Anathema, is um. Is, in, is a very slender, elegant, perfectly figured young woman. And um, we cut any excess fabric away from her garment and fastened everything together throughout so that she was, she didn't have like normal people have lines where your vest is tucked in or your blouse is tucked in. So all the time you're working with what the character requirements are and what, uh, what works for them physically. I don't know that Adria was hugely comfortable with all of the tucking in and the stitching together, but um, she was. She looked perfect, and I think that when you're an actor, that's what you want. You want to look right for your part, but you are, yeah, you are aware of the right shoes and insoles and cutting things generously here or tightening something up there so there's not so much fabric. With um, with these uh, shows you're working on, is there any kind of fear uh, when you're bringing something like this, um, I guess, to the public? Because so many people have read these books and love these books. Are you kind of, uh, do you feel a greater responsibility, I guess, in choosing and creating these wardrobes for these characters? I didn't feel any fear until some another journalist asked me that question yesterday, and I realised the the enormity of the task I'd undertaken and the responsibility not to let people down. But actually, what's quite interesting is, and I hadn't really experienced. I knew cosplay, I knew all cosplay, but I didn't look at the cosplay for this cult novel. I I did look afterwards and realize that um, it's very it comes off the page. So you have there's room for everybody's interpretation without it being wrong, if you like, because it's so broadly written with succinctness. If that makes sense. So we knew Crowley was dark. We knew Aziraphale was going to be pale and angelic. And we knew that they had, you know, that Aziraphale likes tartan. And we, we had a little nod to that, and he likes a bow tie. So there are all those things there. And what we've done is give it a specificness and um, and perhaps made it beautiful and and elegant. And, and that, that's there, but it's not very far away from what many of the cosplayers look like when I look back through time because it's similar to the... It's similar to the way that Neil has written it. It's just slightly different in my interpretation, but I hope not offensive to any lovers of the book. And so far, it does seem to have been really well received. That's probably for the best, because too much fan interaction can kind of mess up something uh, rather than take, you know, take away from the creative uh, insight. 
So you, it seems like you're pretty busy, but you have said that you take some time off to wait for the right project. What does your off time look like? Are you still kind of designing? Are you watching a lot of films? What do you kind of do between uh, projects? I'm very lucky to live in central London, so there's always absolutely plenty of... Um, I suppose you feed up, don't you? You replenish when you're off work. And after Good Omens and American Gods, I really needed a break to sort of refuel and um, re-energize my creative thoughts and feed. I suppose it's feeding up, getting a good diet of new influences. I mean, there's loads to do, and it's very exciting. And so it's like being on an extended summer holiday as a student where you got to go and do drawing classes and um, go and see all the exhibitions, and as well as meet people for lunch, which is really nice. Um, there's, there's also quite a lot of other responsibilities as a because I'm quite grown up now. I mean, I'm an old woman, not really old, but um, I'm quite a big part of our union and there's training and uh, negotiations and responsibilities that I'm more involved in when I'm off, when I'm not filming, that it's not possible to be part of when you're away from home filming or abroad filming. So, um, yeah, but I... I am looking, I am now more specifically looking for projects that offer the creative opportunity that the last couple of jobs have offered. And they're not as common, they're not as many as those, and I guess they're more sought after, so there's more competition for those jobs, aren't there? Based on this knowledge you have of your career in wardrobe and costumes, when you watch a film, do you kind of pretty quickly pick pick up on what the psychology of a character might be like based on their wardrobes? Yes, of course. And it's it's really hard, isn't it? I mean, I what what you get from really good costume design is you don't notice it apart from the odd thing which is beautiful or stunning or visually impactful. You don't notice it because it informs you silently and you're just you're fed that information without it shouting at you. So that's what what is that's a really enjoyable film to watch when you can you can absorb the character without being aware that you quite have been absorbed in the costume and been taken in by it all. So that's a joy when you get that. Um, but uh, yes, bad costume is very distracting. And I suppose that that's the that's what we're all striving to do is relay to our audience the details of our character without screaming it at them. If you could kind of, you know, go back to when you first started with the BBC, is there any advice you wish you had had? Or any advice you'd like to pass on to people trying to get into this field? Go to bed earlier. Oh, no, don't. That's not real. That's just what I... Because when you're young, you don't want to go to bed early. But I know I being tired is the worst, you know, is the most awful thing that you can have, you can be. Um, no, it's just been a fabulous journey. I don't... I think you've just... You go in with your personality, and that's what... That's what helps you create those visual identities for the new people, for the pretend people in the world you've gone into. So I, I just think read a lot, really. Read and keep thinking and go to soak up as much visual information as you can. Watch people from cafe windows. Love life. Just look at people and probably go to bed early. Thank you for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening, Please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. 
Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the news YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.